You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. We're going to take a break from the Psalms. We'll be back in the Psalms in January and and kind of pick back up where we left off. But tonight, I wanted to just kind of hopefully pastor you a little bit and and help you to think about 2024. So it'll be here before we know it. I can't believe it. We're almost halfway through December. The time has moved so very uh, quickly. And I just want to make you um, aware that now's the time to begin thinking about 2024. And I want to give you some, some thoughts related to that, some ways you can prepare to think about what 2024 is going to look like Spiritually, so I'm calling this spiritual planning for the new year. You know, we plan for we plan for family vacations. We we plan diligently for those. We plan, you know, maybe in our our workplace or family activities or whatever the case may be. And sometimes we don't plan for that which is most important, which is our walk with Jesus. I mean, we ought to plan and and be diligent to think about our spiritual life. So I just want to give you tonight, and this is not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a good place to start with some conversation. I want to give you three areas to consider in terms of spiritual planning for the new year. Spiritual planning for the new year. Number one, start fresh. Now turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I love the 139th Psalm. It's a Psalm about God's sovereignty in creating human life. And it's, we're reminded in that psalm that, that every, every created life from the moment of conception has intrinsic value and worth. We value life because God makes life and God brings lives into existence at the moment of conception. And psalm 139 reminds us about that, and David is extolling the fact that God is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present. But at the end of the psalm, he says something very interesting in Psalm 139, verse 23. David closes by saying, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So in these verses, David is inviting God's scrutiny in his life. He wants God to examine him. And he wants God to actually show him things in his life that need to be addressed. And that's pretty brave, isn't it? Spiritually speaking, to invite the all-knowing God to 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 cause his floodlight of holiness to shine on your heart to reveal some things that need to be dealt with. And so I believe that the new year is a wonderful time to start fresh. There's nothing magical about the calendar turning from December 31st to January 1st. There's nothing magical about that, but that's how we live life. We live in the rhythms of days and weeks and months and years. And so there's there's this idea that when when the clock does hit 12 and we step into January 1st, it's a it's a new beginning, right? 
And so the Bible says over in Lamentations that God makes his mercies new how often? Every morning, 365 days a week. When you wake up, if you're a child of God, God has new mercies waiting on you. Every day is a new beginning. Every day is a fresh start. Isn't that good news? And if that's true of every day, it's certainly true of every year. This new year, 2024, is a new beginning. It's a chance to to start fresh. Let me just give you a couple questions to ask yourself. And this is for you to you know, get along with God and talk to him about. So don't answer out loud, okay? This is, this is between you and the Lord. The first question is, is, is there anything between me and God that I need to deal with? Is there anything between me and God that I need to deal with? Is there anything in my life that's just hindering my closeness, my intimacy with the Lord? Something in my life that just doesn't belong there? Something in my life that I've not dealt with? Is there something in my life that I need to deal with? That's a good question to ask, because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves just living life with all this junk in our hearts. And we never stop to say, how is this affecting me? How is this affecting my relationships? How is this affecting my, my closeness with the Lord? So is there anything between me and God that I need to deal with? Second good question to ask, if you want a fresh start in 2024, is Am I holding on to any bitterness or unforgiveness? Am I holding on to any bitterness or unforgiveness? It's a good question to ask. And the reason we need to ask that is because bitterness and unforgiveness that has not been dealt with will eat you alive. It it, it takes root in your heart and it begins to bear really ugly and sometimes painful fruit. And so we don't want to walk into a new year holding on to unforgiveness. We don't want to walk into a new year holding on to bitterness towards somebody or some situation. We want to deal with that so we can walk into a new year free from all of that and live in in the fullness of a relationship with God. So am I holding on to any bitterness or unforgiveness. A good question to ask before the Lord. And then as you as you think about starting fresh, I've given you this. How many got the spiritual inventory? How many got that? All right. Uh, to be honest, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where this came from. I think I wrote a lot of it, but I, I don't know that for sure because it was in some files. I may have used some of it from somewhere else. I may have kind of wrote some things, but, uh, but I, I used this at some time in the past. And it's a, it's a helpful little guide. And it just said, basically says, please rate the following areas on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being deficient, 10 being diligent. Now, don't do this right now, okay? Because it'll make you prideful, all right? You may, you may mark a, you know, a 7 on one of these. You look over and your neighbor marked like a 3. You'd be like, oh, what a loser, right? We don't want you to be prideful, all right? And, and we want you to be honest. You may not be honest if somebody's looking over your shoulder. So uh, do you have a question, Mike? No, do not know. I'm not a priest. I'm a Baptist pastor. Do not sign this and turn it into me. All right? I don't want that. All right. Good question. So, spiritual inventory. So, just let's look them real quick. I spend quality, unhurried, regular time with the Lord when I read His Word and spend time talking to Him in prayer. Do I have time where I just spend time just me and the Lord? Uh, quiet time, devotional time. I call it my time alone with God. Do you have that in your life? You need it in your life. 
That's where you abide in Christ and, and begin to bear fruit. Jesus begins to bear fruit through your life. I spend time studying God's Word through in-depth reading, meditation, memorization. Those are all ways that we are called to, to dig our, our roots deep into the Word of God. I'm challenging myself to grow in my understanding of the great doctrines of the Bible. Are you growing your doctrinal knowledge? I regularly survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. In other words, I spend time thinking about the cross. I spend time thinking about what Jesus did there for me. I seek to live a Spirit-filled life. I want to live a life where the Spirit is in control, filling me up, empowering me, guiding me, convicting me, leading me. I want to live a Spirit-filled life. I'm becoming more of an intercessor for other people. One of the the indicators of spiritual growth and maturity is, do I find myself praying for other people more? Am I growing as an intercessor? Am I seeing victory over recurring sins in my life? If we're growing in Christ, we ought to see more and more victory and less and less defeat. Am I working hard to guard my thought life? You know, what you think about in your mind eventually begins to take root in your actions. Uh, Proverbs says the man thinks within himself, so he is. And so we need to guard our thought life and make sure that that our thought life is is Christ-honoring. We're not letting a lot of stuff in there, and we're not uh, mulling over a lot of things that are ungodly because it'll eventually affect other areas of your life. Uh, I'm protecting my integrity by the way I interact with the opposite sex. Am I am I careful with my integrity? Uh, you know, if, if I'm a if I'm a married man, I'm not hanging out with a woman who's not my wife. That's just not how it works. Uh, I just don't I don't I just uh, you know I don't play that game. Claire doesn't play that game. We're married and 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 we protect our uh, integrity. Uh, I grieve over my sin. Do you grieve over your sin? Where, where would you rate yourself? Scale of one to ten. Do you see yourself when you when you blow it? Do you say, man, I I just I don't, that's not who I want to be. Do you grieve over your sin? My family knows that after Christ, they are my top priority. How would you rate yourself in that? I'm growing in my love for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm growing in patience with difficult people. How are you doing on that one? Don't raise your hand. I'm growing in patience with difficult people. I'm becoming a quicker forgiver. Do you see that happening in your life? How about this one? My life is characterized by what? Joy, is it? I regularly share the gospel with people. I'm seeking to share good news about Jesus. I think globally. Are you thinking about the lost, the nations? Um, are you are you thinking about people that are on the other side of the world that don't have the gospel? And does that bother you? Does, does that concern you? And then I pray globally. I'm pl- praying for missionaries. I'm praying for unreached people groups. I'm praying for God's work among the nations. This is, not, again, not exhaustive. But this is a good little exercise. So my encouragement is... Get along with God tomorrow morning or sometime during, you know, we're, you know we'll, we're cutting back on some activities going into the, the Christmas and New Year's season. And so take some time, make some coffee, sit alone with the Lord, open Bible, read Psalm 139, 23, 24, and just go through this list and, and, and kind of see where you are. And it'll help you identify some areas you want God to work in in your life. So number one, start Fresh, all right, is a great opportunity for us to step into 2024, uh, really, really focus upon the Lord, dealing with things in our life that need to be dealt with. Number two, second area of consideration, develop a spiritual growth plan. Develop a spiritual growth plan. Turn to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you're in a D group and have read the book Growing Up, you know exactly where I'm heading with this verse. 
First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so Paul here says, just like athletes put their all into training so they can be successful or victorious in athletic competition, we should have that same mindset when it comes to spiritual things. We, we should not be haphazard and laissez-faire. We should say, I want to, I want to have a plan. And I want to, by God's grace and by the power of the Spirit, I want to pursue that plan so I can see growth in my life. So I want to just encourage you to develop a spiritual growth plan. You say, what is that? Well, let me give you some questions to answer, and you'll start to see this come to fruition. First of all, how will I engage the Scriptures this year? If you're a, a Christian and you want to walk with Jesus... Spending time in the Scriptures is a non-negotiable. There's no walking with Jesus apart from the Word. It just, it just ain't going to happen. Bad grammar, but truth. It's not going to happen. You need to walk in the Word if you want to walk with Jesus. Develop a spiritual growth plan. So how will I engage the Scriptures? Let me give you two thoughts. Develop a consistent approach and develop a comprehensive, a comprehensive approach. Consistent approach... In other words, have a plan so you're regularly engaging the Bible. And a comprehensive, uh, comprehensive approach means I have a plan to engage all parts of God's Word, not just the parts I like the best or know the best. I want to I make sure that I'm reading from all of God's Word over a period of time. Now, you've heard me say this over and over again. I am uh, a fan of a Bible reading plan. Because it helps me to be consistent, it helps me to be comprehensive. So I seek to read the Bible through every year. The entire Word of God, I have a Bible reading plan that helps me with that. I read from four different places in Scripture um, every every day as I, as I seek to read through the Bible. And I have to kind of keep up with it. There's little boxes I literally check as I uh, read different chapters. And it's comprehensive because I know every year, every year, I'm going to read Habakkuk, right? I'm going to read Exodus. I know, I just know it's part of my plan. I'm going to read Revelation. I'm reading Revelation right now. By the way, I got some neat stuff. I won't go there today. I got some stuff I want to share with you from Revelation. But, but, uh, but yeah, we, we need to make sure we're, we're engaging all of God's Word, a comprehensive approach. Because if we just do the... Okay, I'm going to open my Bible and read today. Oh, I'm back in Psalms again. Right? We'll find ourselves reading Psalms all the time and never reading Leviticus. And Leviticus is good. You need to read it. And you say, well, it's hard for me to understand. Well, get a study Bible. Read the intro. Read the study notes. It'll help you. Uh, but develop a consistent and comprehensive approach. The best way for me to do that is to read through the Bible in a year with a Bible reading plan. Now... There's nothing magical about reading through the Bible in a year. You can choose to do it in two years or three years. As long as you have a plan and you're consistent and you're eventually going to get to some of these books, 
there's nothing magical about a year. So maybe you want to start saying, I want to read through the Bible in two years and have a Bible reading plan. If you have questions about Bible reading plans, I can give you lots of recommendations about that. Some people use a uh, chronological approach. Some people use reading two different places every day or four different places every day. There are different ways to approach it, but uh, you need some sort of plan to keep you consistent and to be comprehensive. Second question for a spiritual growth plan. What will I read along with Scripture for edification and challenge? What will I read along with Scripture for edification and challenge? Let me tell you something that concerns me. Can I share a concern with you? People don't read anymore. Now, that's not true of everybody. I know there are probably some some readers in here. But by and large, our society is getting good at scrolling. And we're reading little little bites of information or people's little perspectives, and we're scrolling, right? And, And we get done with a night of scrolling, and it has done absolutely nothing for our spiritual lives. In fact, if I asked you the next day what you'd look at on your feed, you'd be like, I don't remember. It's a bunch of craziness, right? A bunch of empty stuff. So I, I think that you and I need to, need to make efforts to read some good stuff along with our Bible reading. And if, again, if you need recommendations for this, come and uh, talk to me. I, I would love to do that. You can start with Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, one time it was the most published book in the English-speaking world other than the Bible, written by John Bunyan, a Baptist pastor who was in jail for preaching the gospel. A great book, an allegory for the Christian life. Uh, we have a little podcast going on right now. You can follow along. It may give you some insight and understanding. But Pilgrim's Progress is a great book. Knowing God by J.I. Packer is a, is a classic. Um, uh, um, I, I love Jerry Bridges. Anything by Jerry Bridges is uh, great. Um, and, and there's a lot of great books out there that you can read. Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, a great little interesting book where C.S. Lewis uh, uses demons and conversations between demons. It's fictional, but he uses conversations between demons to talk about how Satan likes to attack the church and attack Christians. It's a fascinating, thought-provoking look. Screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis. There are lots of good books out there, so maybe just find a good Christian book by a trusted biblical author and just read along. Just keep it by your Bible and I'm not talking about reading three chapters a day, but maybe read a couple pages along with your Bible reading, just things that will challenge you and edify you and build you up. And again, if you want some suggestions, I could sit all day and share some suggestions with you. Next, how will I grow in prayer this year? How will I grow in prayer this year? There is no walking with Jesus apart from prayer. Amen? Just like you can't walk with Jesus if you're not in the Word, you're not going to walk with Jesus apart from consistent prayer. So how will I grow in prayer this year? First thing, first thought, organize. Organize. I find that prayer is, is my prayers are filled with more vitality when I'm organized. Because, that goes to the next thing, I can be specific. Be specific. So have a a journal, a book. I use an app on my phone called Prayer Mate. Works great. You can use your notes app on your phone. But start writing down somewhere 
specific prayer requests. I mean, specific things you want to see God do. And then when you're organized and you're specific, then track your request and celebrate answered prayer. If you Listen to me. If you're not specific in your prayer request, you're not going to connect answered prayer to your prayer life. And if you never connect answered prayer to your prayer life, you won't be excited about praying. But if you ask specific things, then when it happens, you you make a connection. I asked for this specific thing. God did it. And that makes me want to pray more because God answers prayer. Be specific. Track your request and celebrate answered prayer. This is a big deal. I think it's what Paul's getting at over in Colossians 4 when he says, he says, pray and stay alert in it. Pray and watch. Pray and and just kind of discern how God is responding to your prayers and answering your prayers. Track your request and celebrate answered prayers. So let's use missions for an example. If if someone tells you about a missionary serving overseas somewhere, you could pray, God bless the missionary. And God could certainly, uh, God, I believe, will respond, and God does pour out blessing, and and there, you know, God can use that, certainly. But you won't know how God blessed and what God did in response to your prayer life until you pray something specific. So, for example, I, I had a, uh, a relationship with some missionaries overseas, and they were keeping me up to date, just like a lot of you get prayer emails, newsletters from missionaries. And they had a very specific request. My eight-year-old is struggling. He doesn't have a friend. So now, instead of just saying, God, bless the missionaries, I'm praying for their eight-year-old son. Say, God, would you give him a friend to play with? friend in school where he doesn't feel lonely. And I'm praying. So then when I get a newsletter back the next week and it says, or the next month, and they say, hey, little man has a friend now. What happens in here? I'm connecting my prayers with the activity of God. And I'm seeing God answer those prayers. And that just builds my faith up to want to pray some more, right? It just fills me with excitement. So organize be specific, track your requests, and celebrate answered prayer. Seriously, ser- I'm not being ugly when I say this. Seriously, many times we're more organized with our grocery list than we are with our prayer list. And it ought not to be like that, right? We need to be organized. So so seek to do that this year. Have a plan. What's my plan for prayer in 2024? Another good question to ask about spiritual growth is where can I serve? Where can I serve this year? What, what, what is an area in the life of the church or the community or somewhere where I can serve and, 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 and show people Christ's likeness through my service? Where can I serve this year? Now, that may precipitate you finding out what the areas of need are. You're going to hear a little bit later in our church conference, there are some areas of need in the life of our church. And, and uh, if you go ask any of our staff members, come ask me, our deacons, I promise you, we can tell you there are some significant areas of need in our church that you can serve in. And so maybe 2024 for you is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to serve around here and be a part of what God is doing. So start fresh, develop a spiritual growth plan. Number three, Who will I invest in this year? Who will I invest in this year? Uh, Turn over to Acts chapter 11. 
Acts chapter 11. Who will I invest in this year? Look at the book of Acts. Just a real quick look at a man named Barnabas. And we're going to just read one passage about Barnabas, but here's what you need to know. Every time Barnabas shows up, he's encouraging somebody. That's just who he was. Now look in uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 32. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4. I'm sorry, what am I doing? Acts chapter 4, verse 32. He's in Acts 11, too, at the church of Antioch. Acts chapter 4, verse Making sure you were awake. Good job. All right. Now, I was uh, in Sunday school growing up. I had a teacher named Mr. Dave, Mr. Dave Bowman. And I remember one time he said, he said, all right, let's see how quick we can find a book in the Bible. And, and he said, you ready? And he said, ready. He said, find Hezekiah. Man, we turn in, we're turning through our Bible until we realize there's no Hezekiah in the Bible. There's a Hezekiah king, but not a book named Hezekiah. So anyway, so look in um, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. The Bible says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Talking about the church in Jerusalem, which was exploding with gospel growth. And it says, there was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, now look at this next phrase, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. And as you continue reading through Acts, like Acts 11, the church of Antioch, every time Barnabas shows up, he's just helping folks. He's just encouraging folks. He's just a part of God's plan. And it's just so awesome to see Barnabas and his encouragement. And my question is, how encouraging do you have to be for someone to change your name from Joseph to son of encouragement? You got to be pretty encouraging, right? We're going to call you encourager, not Joseph. He was an encouraging man, and God used him in mighty, mighty ways. In fact, I don't think you have Paul's leadership and Paul's missionary journeys and Paul's letters in Scripture apart from Barnabas pouring into Paul and discipling him and encouraging him and bringing him into uh, service there in Antioch. So Barnabas was an awesome, awesome Bible character. And what makes him so awesome is he invested in others. So the question is, who are you going to invest in this year? Let me give you a few thoughts. Who's your one? Now, we're going to reemphasize who's your one in this next year. i got some big stuff to share with you in the new year. Excited about that. But years ago, we started an initiative called Who's Your One? And we have so many new folks now, they don't know what that means. Um, but we're going to reemphasize it in 2024. And basically what it means is we're going to give you some, some kind of some bookmarks and you write on there somebody's name in your circle of influence that you believe to be lost, someone that needs Jesus, maybe a family member, coworker, friend, neighbor, whatever. You're going to write that person down and you're going to commit to, we'll give you all the materials and emphasize this in the, the new year, but you're going to commit to pray for that person regularly 
that they would come to know Christ. And you're going to look for opportunities to tell them about Christ. And what's so neat is we we put this in a place, I think it was 2019, and still many of you are saying, my one's going to be here at the Christmas concert. Things like that. I mean, you're still thinking about your one, the person you're praying to meet Christ. And so uh, we're going to reemphasize that. If you've never heard of who's your one, we're going to, to give you opportunity to get involved and just begin to really pray for someone to come to Christ. That will be your one, and that could be someone you invest in. Secondly, great commission focus. Great commission focus. How am I going to be a great commission Christian this year? Jesus said, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Matthew 28, that's the great commission. How are you going to be a great commission Christian? You basically, you basically have just a few options. You pray for people to get saved. You pray for missions and missionaries and unreached peoples. You give resources to help get the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's We're doing Lottie Moon this year, and our goal is, like we do every year, our goal is $110,000 because that money matters. It puts missionaries on the front lines of lostness. Or you can you can actually go. I mean, you can actually go. We're going to have some short-term trips this year you can go on. Or, or you may have an opportunity to go uh, on some kind of uh, journey to tell people about Christ. Uh, Great Commission. Focus. Uh, what are you going to do this year to further the Great Commission? And then D groups. We're going to talk some more about D groups very, very soon. We're getting ready to start a new rotation. Uh, but D groups are basically our discipleship groups, groups of three to five people uh, that are uh, gender graded. In other words, men men hang out with men in a D group, women hang out with women in a D group, and they're gender specific. And they read the Word of God together. They share what God is teaching them, memorize Scripture, check on each other, hold each other accountable. It's a D group, and we've seen God do great things through our D group. So if you're interested in being a part of a D group, all right, group of three to five people, uh, gender specific. Uh, you'll hear more about that in 2024. We'll give you opportunities, point you to information. Right now, you can go to fbcfwb.org. That's our website. Now, at the top of the page, there is a, a page for D groups. Click on D groups, and it'll give you all kinds of information about D groups. But we're going to get a new group of people plugged in in this next calendar year and ask God to continue to move and work through uh, these discipleship groups. They are uh, paying great dividends by God's grace. And then just a question, just a question to ask, just kind of looking around. Who can I encourage? Who can I encourage? I just look around at my church family, my family, uh, neighborhood, workplace. Who can I encourage? And, you know, encouragement is, it's not hard to encourage somebody. It's actually pretty simple, but it's amazing how far a little bit of encouragement goes. It's amazing. It may be a text. It may be a handwritten note. It may be taking somebody to buy a cup of coffee and just just asking how they're doing. Just encouragement. How can I encourage or who can I encourage this year of 2024 and see how the God, how the Lord leads you to be a Barnabas in your life? So, Again, not comprehensive. These are just some kind of pastoral thoughts about how you and I can step into 2024 thinking about our plan for growth. Start fresh, develop a spiritual growth plan, and then ask the question, who will I invest in this year?
Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.